Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast, everyone. It's Ryan Hassan here again from the Center for Healing, joined by Nico from MindFit. And Nico, we have a guest today, Milzy, who I'm very, very excited to chat to about his journey. Um, do you just want to fill the listeners in on who Milzy is? I will indeed. Listeners, Milsey is a legend of a bloke. Uh, he first came into my radar, I guess, through the boys at Trademutt. They, um, Milsey, I think, had done a post on his social media and Instagram um, that he was struggling, I think. And yeah, the, the boys at Mindfit picked up on that and um, uh, tagged me and something said, Nico, can you help him out? So Milsey and I had a bit of a chat and he came in to see me and uh, yeah, so now he's six weeks into a 12-week program and absolutely smashing it and kicking goals yeah, okay. and we're going to learn more uh, about how um, he's achieved that from the man himself but uh, from my perspective, it's it's just been amazing to see someone pick up all these tools and resources and just start running with them and using them um, and I don't know, from my perspective, he's in a vastly different headspace now to where he was six weeks ago. So yeah, let's let's chat to let's the Let's jump into it. Mills, it looks like you're, uh, you're, you're repping the colours. That looks like a trademark yeah, shirt and a mind fit hat. <laughs> it is. <laughs> repping everyone. Repping everyone. <laughs> we've, deck, we've, de- we've decked him out. Definitely looking the part, mate. So, Representing. So Millsy, look... D- let us know maybe where you were six weeks ago, sort of what was happening for you in your life at that time when um when you were or, struggling. Or even go back a bit further, mate. Go back a bit further. Um, does it all start? I just started getting down on myself and um, you know, and not, not in a James Brown sort of way, <laughs> spiraling down and you know, you got into that rut, didn't know how to get out, and um, you know, since the skull, I was looking at it everything in a negative light, um you know, handing the keys of my happiness over to anyone who came into my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it came to a point just every night I was getting down on myself, getting down on myself to the point, you know, I was openly speaking about mental health online, but I had to address, you know, I had to speak to a professional and um, actually get help for it yeah 100 percent. that can be the hardest uh, part for us stubborn blokes right so, yeah that's it yeah so you know things uh, when, when you say getting down on yourself what do you can you tell the listeners what that was like for you because i think it's different were you, were you sitting there just beating yourself up calling yourself names or, or what was that like? were you drinking heaps or what was what was going on um not so much drinking heaps i've always been pretty aware that when i'm starting to feel depressed that um i should cut the drinking out um, but it was more, yeah, that, you know, at night you're beating yourself up and you, you know, a lot of it was observing what was going on around me, but judging myself on that. So someone was, you know, they're having the big holiday or, um, they've got the brand new car or stuff like that. So and you're, it was you're just comparing like, yourself to everyone else. Yeah. Comparing myself to everyone else and just getting, letting little things get to me. Um, you know, if, I'd heard something through the day, you know, oh, you're useless, you know, they'll just resonate. And when you're by yourself, you know, left alone to your thoughts, it'll just resonate, resonate. And yeah, it, um, 
just came to a point enough's enough, really. Yeah, if um, so, so, someone out there would, would say you're bloody useless, or someone at work or something, and and you'd carry that for the rest of the day, and then by the time you got home at night, it's just cutting laps through your head. Yeah. Um, and 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 yeah, digging its way deeper into your subconscious psyche. Yeah, almost planting the seed, and just and you kept watering it. Yeah, and then at night, just you know, as soon as you're alone and it's quiet, just sat there ringing through, ringing through, and yeah, enough was enough, and reached out so to the trademark boys. So that, that that happened over a period of time. I imagine you sort of just you know keep running this really negative script through your head yeah that was that was my next question it was like if 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 kind of six weeks ago was the point where it's like fuck i need to get professional help and reach out um yeah sort of in your summation where how long ago would maybe that rut have started do you think oh it's been going on and off for years um yeah it'd be it would flare up and i would be like i need to speak to someone i need to speak to someone but then a week later, be like, oh, I'm all, I'm all good now. I'm okay. I'm, I'm fine. I've cured that. Yeah. Did um, you ever speak to mates about it, or, or your parents, or, or I spoke a, a to professional? A, I spoke to a couple of mates about it. Um, you know, I've had a few mates that have been really good, and um, dragged me out of the environment fairly often. Um, and then I spoke to uh, psychologists at times, and it just felt, you know. They'll speak to you, um, you know, give you all this advice, but then you'd go back two weeks later and you'll talk the same things, given the same advice, and it just seemed like a repetitive circle. Um, yeah, that's something that we touched on, I think, last week, Nick. It's this um, the whole idea of, you know, we have to keep coming back and coming back and coming back to stay on top of things where it's like we want yeah. to, there's things that we do need help with and help people show us, but also we need different frameworks so that we can be that our own person. <laughs> and we can yeah, reach out definitely. when we need to, but we can also be our own person that can support us. And it was something really... That's why I shifted my business and you know, pivoted and went from state of mind to mind fit because, yeah, as we said last week, I think I was, I was helping people out of their suffering, but I wasn't helping them to stop falling back into that suffering so they'd come back around in circles so yeah mind fits now is yeah <laughs> it sounds weird but i i don't want to see my clients again yeah i want to get them to a stage where they're that emotionally self-sufficient that they can stand on their own two feet but it's unrealistic as well so that's why we've got the maintenance program in place so just to, to keep people on track but yeah it's it's great that milsey has you know reached out to, to mates and then to psychologists and, and he, he keeps reaching out until he finds something that works for him. Yeah, and that's so yeah. important for people to hear because oftentimes it's such a, a step, especially for us guys, it's such a step to like reach out for help. We've been resisting it for so long. So when we do it, we feel a bit vulnerable. And then if we reach out and speak to someone and maybe you know whoever we speak to, it doesn't quite resonate, then we'll just write everything off, you know, because it's because of that vulnerability. Like I've heard people say, oh, uh, I tried uh, psychologists and they don't work or I tried hypnotherapists and they don't work. I'm like, man, there's so many different types of psychology and there's so many different types of psychologists in each of those branches of it and the same with hypnotherapy. It's like, don't write off an entire field um, just because just one person didn't resonate. Yeah, well, that's what totally. really got me thinking about seeing someone again was, like you said, there's so many different people out there, different resources and it was... Um, 
it was a quote on one of the podcasts I listened to, the trademark one, and they said, um, you know, if you don't enjoy pizza, you don't get stop eating pizza. You try a new pizza yeah. shop. And it was just that simplicity that really resonated with me. Yeah, yeah. And that's when and I was like, you know, I need to try really, something new. Yeah, yeah. Because really pizza works for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once you find the right one, pizza definitely works. That's it. Like, and, um, if, you don't like, if, if you don't like beer, don't give up beer. Just find another brewery. Yeah, yeah that's it. So, um, and I found that myself, you know, with my own journey. It was, I'd, I'd reach out to some mates, but I... I I also, I didn't want to burden people and I, I hear that a lot with people as well. So I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to burden you with my issues. Um, but I also thought, I also found some of my mates were too sympathetic. They'd be, oh, woe is you. Or they'd enable me to stay in that shitty headspace. And then some other mates with the opposite of the spectrum would be, oh, fucking hard nut. Fucking, what are you complaining about? Blah, mm. blah, blah. So essentially they weren't really skilled to deal with what I was doing. Um, so a lot of blokes out there, there who have a mate struggling don't know how to help them. And the reality is you can't help them. You can mm. only really support them. And, hey, what else can I do for you? Do you does that make... Do you believe that, Millsy? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it was one thing I noticed, especially once I openly started speaking about the struggles, was you really got the grip of mates that would do that, are oh, toughen up, it's no big deal and then you had the mates that would jump in and go oh you're okay is it you know and the con you know oh if you ever need me i'm here this but then you had the mates who were just like um you know i'll come up for the weekend and you know get out of melbourne for a little bit um you know we'll have a few beers at the pub and you know so you saw the the wide variety of your mates stand up i guess yeah yeah, and that's great, but I mean, it's always, we do need that professional and also it's always good to have someone that you just don't know, that you don't have any history with, that you can, yeah, that can actually objectively look at your life. Like, I remember <laughs> like we would have, you know, therapists that we trained up and they're like, oh, my, you know, my sister is going to come in and do a session and we're like, we would never do sessions on friends or family <laughs> because it's like, yeah. as soon as you have a history with someone, you will edit what you say. Whereas if you have yep. like this blank slate in front of you, you can just go, Whoa, let it all out. And then you have objectivity coming back at you, which is so important. Yeah. And I think that's what I, you know, I really liked about when I started with Nico. It was, um, it was you hit with the truth. Mm. Yeah. It's, you know, psychiatrists in the past where it's, <laughs> you know, this is my problem, this is my problem, this is my problem. And they're going, oh, you poor thing. You know, your life sounds terrible. Everyone, you know, everyone's doing you wrong whereas nick was like let's you know let's rephrase that let's rethink that and um almost set me straight yeah yeah it's important i think uh don miguel ruiz has a good analogy he talks about truth is like the scalpel um that you can actually start to uh get to the truth about so it's like you always have to start with truth because otherwise you're not going to uncover what the real problems are. And oftentimes we don't, we don't understand what our real core issues are. And that gets so frustrating, especially for us guys. Yeah. We're like, fuck, why am I like this? Why am I in this rut? Why do I feel depressed? Why do I have these thoughts? Um, and it just takes a little bit of truth to uh, shake us up a bit. And then we have to sort of forgive how we've been in the past and then start to move forward. But it always starts with that scalpel. And it sounds like, Nico, you've been getting in there. In there with him. Sharpening the blade. <laughs> no, it's, 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 you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. It's, 
the problem's never what we think the problem is. It's it's problematic, but because we're stuck. But it's not the problem. The problem is that we don't know how to move past it, or let go, or forgive, or trust, or you know. Uh, our mind's so bent out of shape from all these cognitive distortions that we're just disillusioned and disoriented. So, but it's it's never what we think the problem is. So it was it wasn't Mills's boss. It wasn't anyone saying you're this. It was Mills's inability to stay grounded in you know who he is and and taking that and and it, it's it's probably step one with all of my clients is you are responsible for your happiness it's you know we speak about that fucking every week house with it's your garden you can't expect it to be nice you know if you don't go and weed the bastards so (laughs) and what what were some of those truths millsy that you got hit with early on um i i think the one that really did resonate was the keys of happiness um just that analogy that you know i was literally grabbing the keys and throwing them at someone going you know yeah, take my happiness. You you take control of my day. Um, so I think that was the big, biggest truth for me was that really taking control of um, control of my happiness again. And um, and I think the other one that you know that really hit home. Um, and it's one we're taught from a young age, but is you know you're not the center of the universe. Yeah. Um, you know, especially like he said on here, you know, when he looks out the window and you kind of like, if it makes you feel childish, it's, um, Oh yeah. Cause that's uh, to, to put that in context. So in my office, there's a little window above where the clients sit. And I was like, Oh, hang on. Mills, let me just look. Oh no, no, it's not utopia. Sorry. It doesn't, it's not utopia. <laughs> Nothing's going to go your way. It's, it's not, you know, yeah. and I, I do it jokingly and with a bit of jest. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not hopefully you know, taking the piss out of clients, but it, it, is, it is to put into perspective that there is so much going on out of your control. The universe really doesn't care about what you think and what you want. Mm. Yeah, which is, I mean, when you've got the, the keys in other people's hands and the world, that is essentially the world, other people, and the world is very, very chaotic, then your internal state's going to be chaotic as well because you're so dependent on what other people are doing. Uh, it's like a bit of a roller coaster, you know, and the problem is we want to feel okay, we want to feel happy. So we have this desire that just never gets met because unfortunately, no one, not even our husband, wife, partner, whatever, they're not going to make us happy all the time. It's just a false yeah. false, false narrative that we got running. But if you, yeah, if you want someone to make you happy and you make them responsible for your happiness because they can't read your mind and understand you on a cellular level and, and know you inside and out, as soon as you make them responsible for your happiness, you're making them responsible for your unhappiness yeah. as well. So all of a sudden, it's their fault that you're unhappy. Yeah. Jeez, he gives me the shits. Jeez, she she makes me so frustrated. Jeez, they yeah. piss me off. God, they're this. And you can hear the the outsourcing and you can hear the attachment in yeah. that I need you to do this to make me happy. And what a, and, and, and what a, crazy. Yeah, and what a... What a 
what pressure to put on someone else that you supposedly love that say you're my my happiness or unhappiness is all on your shoulders and the problem is when we first start dating someone we are in an infatuation stage which means we have a balanced human being and all those negatives are blocked out of perception we don't see them that's why we're like they're perfect they're amazing like they have no faults i have found the perfect woman or man you know And then all of a sudden, that's that's because we're hardwired to procreate, survive. So we we push aside all the shitty things and go, right, I can mate with you. We can (laughs) can have kids and keep the species going. Yeah, and then and then so then we do put the keys of happiness over to them because they keep meeting those needs. All, yeah, all the yeah. time, it was just our perception. It wasn't them at all. <laughs> and then the infatuation stage wears off and we're like, oh, I don't like how she who said that. I don't, yeah, who is this person, right? And now all of a sudden, it's like, you made me happy all the time and now you're not. That's your fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But it's irrational. Like the, the, these people are struggling to make themselves happy. Yeah. You know? And so most people are in survival mode and emotionally, you know, trying to figure out their own shit. And as soon as you come along and go, oh, by the way, now you've got the keys to my happiness too. They're like, well, that's not going to be a priority. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to work out my puzzle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll put your keys over yeah. there. As soon as I figure out my shit, maybe you'll get around to... In about 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah. essentially in a, in a non-judgmental way, Millsy came in and he was operating in a completely irrational manner it just it wasn't making sense that what he wanted and was trying to achieve and what he was doing were two very separate things yeah. on very separate which causes. which we all have to varying degrees in different areas of our Completely. life and i think when we get these yeah. really out of balance in in quite a few areas of life that's when we find ourselves in this very um these dark places which i know i've been in Nico, yeah. i know you have as well uh, Millsy, you said something really important earlier that I just wanted to touch on because I actually had a conversation uh, the other day with someone about this. It's like this, we get caught uh, really in the middle. So I find people, whether it's with depression or anxiety or drugs, when things are really bad, we just want to isolate. So in those times yep. we isolate and they're the times that we actually decide, hey, I really want to reach out for help, but I'm so isolated right now, I'm not going to reach out. Then all of a sudden, you know, a few days later, we've got a bit more energy in the body and we're feeling a bit better. Subcon- Deep down, we know we're still fucked, <laughs> but we feel yeah. a bit better. And then now I have the energy to not isolate and I can go and ask for help, but I don't because I lie to myself and say, hey, I'm feeling okay now. Everything's on yeah, the up definitely. and we'll do it. And then all of a sudden we go back into that pattern of isolating, I'm okay, isolating, and we just go months and even years without asking for help so I'd, I'd like to know from you maybe what you know what, what what was the catalyst this time how did you find that that space to reach out um i think it was that enough was enough mm-hmm. and um i had sp- spoken to someone about a month two months prior to seeing nick and it was they almost encouraged that thought of um you know the last thing I said was, oh, you seem better. Come back and see me when you, you know, you're not feeling so good. So it kind of encouraged that yep. thought pattern. Um, so this was a psychologist or someone, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a psychologist I was seeing beforehand. But and then, what else, what else did they do? Sorry, because it was it, um, they weren't available or something a lot. Oh, they just yeah, just kept cancelling on me. So it'd be, um, yeah, you know, you'd have a session booked in. You'd kind of you'd have things that you'd want to talk about that week, and then. The day of the appointment be oh sorry i've got to cancel i'll call you back when i can rebook it 
mm-hmm. and then you wouldn't hear from him for a week so i'd be like oh, i better give him a call and you'd book in you'd go you know get to the data scene and go, oh sorry i've got to cancel something's popped up mm. and so it was like, just, there was no that, no consistency there for you yeah which is there what wasn't you really need you need that stability mm. yeah definitely and that you know that weekly catch up you know talk about any challenges during the week and um almost hit a reset on the week at times when it's been you know if it's been a really challenging week it's almost that reset switch um you know it was like when we spoke the other day nick and you know i came in a real negative mood i had a few issues with dad and um it was almost that reset switch of nick was help able to help me catch myself and rethink everything um but what really drew me to nick was um when i did reach out to trademark and they said hey we've got this guy um we really recommend speaking to i'd listened to the podcast he'd done with them before so i'd heard about how he liked to run the mindfit program and it was just something about it that resonated with me that um you know especially when he said you know i'm not here just to throw a pity party basically um i think that's what i liked that it was that someone who was actually going to turn and go no this is yeah yeah this is how it is not poor you poor you yeah yeah which is what we need yeah especially us guys yeah. we need a bit of a shake up don't we you can, you can yeah, work got... in the reality of what is you know, yeah and, and that's uncomfortable and and but if you don't work within the truth of what is occurring then you're not doing anyone any favors I think that's what makes psychiatrists so easy. Or psychologists, psych- they're so easy. It's like you're going in, going, it's everyone else's fault. Oh, you yeah. Know, that's how I felt about it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm perfect. It's everyone else's fault. It's everyone else's fault. And they're almost mm-hmm. enabling it. Um, whereas, you know, with Nick, within the first five minutes, was, you know, oh, hold up. You know, let's, um, let's address this. <laughs> Well, I've got a challenge for you. You know, you know this yeah. asset. we're all walking around in our own belief system, which is creating this illusion of our reality. And so, part of my job, a really important part, is to very mindfully help clients to break down that shitty illusion that it's it's everyone else and that they need to do this and blah blah blah. They get rid of that narrative that's that's just creating this crappy existence for them and get back to the basics of right you're responsible for your happiness this is what you have to do you got to take ownership you've got to mm-hmm. step up you've got to you know it's that it's that accountability is the biggest word i think yeah if, if we're not accountable for ourselves then what are we doing no that's right i think it's it's the uh the kick up the ass that we need because a lot of people like say it's you know depression and it's we need to have that realization that we have made ourselves depressed now certain things have happened to us in our life and we haven't consciously done it we haven't said well this happened and now i'm going to be depressed it's just we just held on and held on and held on to so much stuff and then maybe someone told us we have a chemical imbalance so we hold on to that and all of a sudden yeah it's like well this is my state and this is why and then we get very married to that story and that's why yeah we've had many people come in and just say well this is what i've got and this is why okay let's see (laughs) because it's it's like but as soon as you have someone realize you're doing this okay you're depressed because you're doing this you're running stories and programs and you have old emotions going on and it's like you know it's like that oh shit but then it's like the next moment it's like oh that's quite empowering because if i'm holding on to it i can change it i remember when i first went in saw melissa and we were just checking some um 
uh, beliefs that I had and uh, I found out that I had some really core beliefs that I not only didn't love myself but hated myself and a bunch of others didn't feel worthy and all that kind of jazz. And I remember sitting down and I was kind of slumped because I'm like, oh, that's really depressing. But then she's like, but no, but now we get to actually work on this because you can rewrite those stories. And I'm like, oh, cool, okay. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's deflating and empowering at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was going to, you said something then, Hass, that triggered a train of thought that's taken off and choo, choo. I don't know where it's going now. <laughs> it's been derailed. It's about, um, <laughs> it's been derailed. It fell off a bridge. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, it'll come back to us. So, Milsey, where, so that's, that's sort of where you were and you, you, enough was enough and you reached out and you asked for help and, you know, it's, it's a, brave step and you've come in and you you've realized that you know someone's held you to account and you've learned that you're responsible for your happiness so that i imagine created some internal shifts for you and gave you a different capacity or, or what, what, what's it sort of done for you um the first feeling it was an excitement it was um that i'd been given a even from the discovery session, a heap of new tools. And it was like a, an excitement of, oh, how can I use these new tools? Um, and then it was just the, it was almost, some of it was an instant switch. And it just felt like um, released some tension almost. Um, and I think what you said about for about when enough's enough, I don't know with you, Hass, and your clients, but I, I get a lot of clients say, you're my last resort, or enough's enough, or I'm at rock bottom. And I love working with those people because they're willing to let go and willing to do anything. Mm. It's sort of, I think that's what where Millsy was at. It was just like, oh, right, whatever's working, whatever I'm doing isn't working. Yeah. I'm open to whatever you whatever you come, give me. Come, come yeah. down so low that they've been broken open. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. I like. <laughs> I especially like the phrase where someone comes in and says, like, they're so depressed, like, I just don't know who I am anymore. And it's like this really yeah. depressing thing. And I'm like, beautiful. That's, like the, yeah. that's, that's the perfect place to work from. Yeah, when you don't know yeah. who you are I, anymore. I, I love it when they say, I don't know. I'm like, so, so what do you want? I don't know. Perfect. We're exactly where we need to be. Yeah. <laughs> now we just need to start down. That's what I was going to say. That train of thoughts come back around. Sorry, mm-hmm. we'll see. If we'll get back to you in a second. That's all right. So when people say uh, that makes me so depressed or that makes me so anxious, you know what you were saying before, Hass. Um, it, it's uh, and I think that's what Millsy's learned is that thing doesn't make you depressed. That thing doesn't make you anxious. Your reaction to it is to feel anxious or depressed because of the way that your mind is filtering and, and processing that reality um, so yeah, when you can teach people how to stop and pause and just observe that to take a breath and go oh right it's not about me it's about them or you know, I'm not an idiot or I'm not a dickhead I'm, I'm actually a really good person it, it changes everything yeah yeah no 100% it's all, it's all our perception it's all our filters 
That's why like two, two people can go into a movie and one will go, that was fantastic. And the other go, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> it's like the same movie, you know, one of them, the main character might've been wearing a sweater or had a haircut look, are the same as their uncle who abused them when they were younger. So they fucking hated it. The other person, there was the same sweater or haircut their uncle had and their uncle was amazing and they had a really good relationship. So they loved it, right? It's just, it's just coming through a different filter. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, Misley, keep going. So you, you came in and, and these tools were great and... Yeah, just it just resonated, and um, I think it was, what it was was, and I, I keep saying it with you, Nick. It's um, it's the common sense behind them. Um, you know, they're not um, hard tools to live by because some of them are tools that we're you know from kids we're taught. You know, especially like I said, the you know you're not the center of the universe. Um, you can't always get what you want. How many times did your parents tell you that oh, when you were plenty. <laughs> growing up? <laughs> um, but I think it was almost that reminder once you've grown up that, you know, hey, remember, you can't always get what you want. And that um, it was, almost, yeah, it was almost like a um, a refresher mm. in life. Refresher um, in life. I like that. Yeah. How, how, yeah. how are you going with... Um, Let's talk about maybe specifics. So let's go with those thought patterns or those negative thoughts that you were getting. So let's say there's the, the I'm useless voice, which we've all had from time to time. And just like you said, it might come externally, but then all of a sudden it just starts festering inside. Um, how are you going with those now? Like, are you just sort of reframing those? You're letting go of as soon as they come up? Like, how's your relationship with those? Yeah, definitely just reframing them as soon as they come up and um, to an extent blocking them out. Um, but um, I've even worked out just um, in certain environments, if I listen to one I took on board early was listen to you guys talk on the podcast and almost relaxed me and I didn't let that stuff get to me as much. Um, so it shifted my focus. Um, and then one I started doing recently was, um, like very recently, was meditate. Um and how, so, how do you go with that? Was, what, what kind of meditation practice are we talking? So I did a Spotify playlist guided anxiety medita- uh, meditation. Do you, want to, do you want to give Hass some backgrounds on, on that story? So what were you doing? You're going to walk for your coffee or something? And yeah. A, a build-up of life anxiety happening. Yeah. So I was feeling really anxious. And um, every morning I walk, wake up, walk, get a coffee. Because that'll help with the anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) hard truth. Like to walk beside the river and, you know, get a bit of exercise in. And I just felt tight, sore, didn't really feel like going for a walk. And um, I walk the same pathway every day. And then it comes up to this little Y intersection. Yeah, yeah that's, that's very deep, actually, what you just said. Yeah, and it comes to a fork in the road. Um, <laughs> and I've always followed the same path and everyone always goes this one path. And I'm like, shit, I wonder what's, you know, what happens if I follow this path down the hill? And I walk down there and it, the path just ends. And um, I got on the Instagram, I've gone, oh, it's the road to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was um i went down it was just this grassy section and you come right next to the river and there's some rapids i was like oh this is you know real peaceful and i was just like still feeling really anxious and heavy 
So I was like, ah, oh, get on Spotify and just put in uh, meditation. And the first thing that popped up was the guided meditation for anxiety. Perfect. So I'm like, all oh, right, I'll, you know, I'll give this a go. I sat there and, you know, took my hoodie off, put it on the ground, sat there beside the river. And it just, yeah, for 15 minutes, just, you know, closed the eyes. And, you know, I was saying to Nick yesterday, um, the woman was like, you know, breathe in through the third eye and breathe out through the third eye. I was like, oh, I've got, I've got such a headache. Like, and the more I was doing it, this headache just kept growing. I'm like, oh, this, this just seems like a load of shit. It's, and then, and then also she's like, now, you know, breathe through your toes. I'm like, all right. And this headache just left. I was like, what, what's going on here? So. I finished up this meditation and I, I sat there for a few minutes kind of, you know, oh shit, what just happened? And I stood up and I said to Nick, yes, I felt 10, 15 kilos lighter. Wow. It was, yeah, it was, it was the most it was the opposite incredible of feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was just weird feeling and it was, you know, I sat there for a bit and I'm like, shit, I need to tell people about this. <laughs> I'm like, and all I could think about was, you know, when you guys were talking, you know, oh, we all post about our meditation to feed the ego. I'm like, yeah, I can't post it. I can't post it. I can't post it. And I'm like, Shit, people don't need to know about this. Rocking a hard place. Rocking a hard yeah. place. Yeah. I was like, shit, everyone needs to know about this. And, you know, quickly did a bit of a video there and, yeah, uploaded it when I got home. And yeah. It sounds like it was, really just everything aligned there, right time, right place. You yeah, know, right meditation. You took that fork in the road. You ended up at that place. Yeah, but it's it's the, it's the path to nowhere, but nowhere's probably where you needed to yeah. be. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> but then it was like, you know, oh shit, I'm gonna have to go back there more often, and yeah, hopefully no one hears about you know where I'm sitting, <laughs> my special spot. <laughs> This is where I come to cry. I hope no one hears about it because I want it just to be mine. It's my safe space. The attachment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I like. My safe place. You know, Mills is now a great example of someone who can identify his cognitive distortions. Just that that word that he said then attachment he can hear the attachment which is then creating the anxiety and he can hear how his mind is going to worst case scenario or jumping to conclusions or taking things personally or thinking things should or shouldn't be a certain way or yep. black and white thinking you know but but he had no idea of that and you know we talk very openly without judgment about how we're all so ignorant and incompetent and mediocre to a degree and Every client that comes in has no concept that there's these things called unhelpful thinking styles or cognitive distortions, and they're what primarily are going to send us into an emotional disturbance, anxiety, depression, guilt, anger. So as soon as you give someone some knowledge, it is quite empowering, as you said. Mm. And that excitement that Millsy felt was hope. Yeah. Uh, it was it was an excitement about oh there's light at the end of the tunnel there's a way out of this there, there's a different way there's a different path and you know no no client I've worked with has ever realised that there's the hard path and they're, they're so I don't know what do you reckon Millsy they're so yeah, conditioned Millsy. to taking the easy yep. path yep. Nick's just frozen so we'll just let Nick freeze for a minute right, the hard path <laughs> yep. <and laughs> look at him he looks like uh, he's really making a solid so point there doesn't he 
it's almost like halfway through a kung fu move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready for that jab. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, he'll he'll. Oh, here he is. He's back. Yeah, you guys disappeared. We're I mean, fine. You you froze in you froze in some sort of karate pose. Just. Oh. Ready for the punchline. I, I was balls deep in a story. And I was just saying how Mills is a great example of people not knowing that there's those unhelpful thinking mm. styles, but that there's also the hard path as well, where you can stop and pause and mindfully respond yeah. instead of just reacting. And that and that has such a massive... We're talking about having the tools where we can really self-manage and everything moving forward and that's one of them being able to pick ourselves up because like we were talking about before Millsy around these uh you know these thinking patterns and these thought loops we get into so it's like if all of a sudden we start a thought loop that I'm useless and then that keeps playing I'm useless I'm useless then that comes along with the emotion so the emotion might be sadness it could be depression it could be anxiety guilt whatever it is yeah and then those two just feed off each other if we end up so far down this rabbit hole, it's like we've just dug, 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 and we end up really deep. And that's when people say, I'm in a rut, yeah. you know, really deep. So the, the, the easier way is to catch things early. Because once I'm way down the rabbit hole in really, really, you know, deep depression and these negative thought patterns, it is, I've got to really work to pull myself out. But if we can catch it with those techniques that you're saying, Nick, and picking up our cognitive distortions, seconds after they happen, then we don't go down the rabbit hole anymore. Yeah, and so the less of these rabbit okay, holes we're going down... That's what Millsy did with that stopping and going to a meditation. And, and that's one of the tools I teach is you know, a bicep curl for the brain when you find yourself in that destructive thinking to go into constructive thinking. But you have to have the awareness that you're in the destructive thinking first mm-hmm. and then laugh at how irrational you're being and then pull yourself back and then change into constructive thinking. So yeah. that, that's what you did essentially, wasn't it, Millsy? Yeah, definitely. And it was... I keep saying it, but it was almost that reset on, um, you know, on the thought pattern. And it was, yeah. um, you know, the emotions were taking control of of the day. And, you know, at this stage, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. If I'm letting it take over at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, yeah, well, in a few hours, who knows, zone, yeah. yeah, who knows where it's going to end up. Whereas it was able to um, catch it really early in the day. And um, make that positive shift for the rest of the. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things, Alan. Nick, you said the laughter. I think the laughter is an important point because that means we're looking at ourselves curiously and with a bit of humour, as opposed to judge being judgmental of ourselves. Because there's nothing worse than like yeah, I'm starting these negative thought patterns again. Then I'm like, fuck, I'm doing those negative thought patterns again. You dickhead, you dickhead. It's like you're just <laughs> doing just the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deepening, yeah. deepening. <laughs> um, Digging deeper, deeper. And then yeah. I think it was so interesting that when you were having that feeling of heaviness and anxiety that you took the different fork in the road. It's just, it's such a, a beautiful analogy because it's like when we get stuck in that, you're like, recognize I'm running an old pattern here. Yeah, and then but then we just keep going unconscious, so we just keep doing everything the same way in our day. Um, that's why yeah. I tell people I can be even good. Just get up in the morning and brush your teeth with your opposite hand, you know, or do something. Just 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 shake up your neurological pathways because yeah. we just get so ingrained that our same patterns go along with same emotions and same same thinking styles. So shift it up. And so the fork in the road was a was a perfect analogy. Yeah. Sounds like so cliche as right. well. Next minute, your headache's shooting out the bottom of your toes, mate, and you're feeling fantastic. Yeah. Well, one thing I said on the video, I was going, it was almost like the stress went down the rapids. It was yeah. Like, Float away with the river. Yeah, well, the, these visualization it, tools are very, very important. 
and it makes sense yeah. like you know where your attention goes energy flows our consciousness is the uh, is an energy in of itself it's like if you're focusing on that third eye your headache would be getting larger but obviously maybe coming to the surface then by taking your attention yeah. out it was able to release and it went down the river well, i really think that's what helped just you know being able to listen to that you know trickle of the water flowing yeah. and it was like you could really um you know when it was like release that negative energy you could actually not only kind of feel it but you could hear it yeah going as well yeah um yeah, it was quite um, quite an experience. I didn't know how to. Yeah, didn't know how to feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> now you have. Now you just have you done that meditation again since? No, I've um, hopefully probably tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. You know, but now you have to let go of the attachment that you're going to have the same experience with that meditation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time to look up a different one. <laughs> no, no, just do the same one, but realize that uh, your experience. What's the expression? The, a man cannot step in the same river twice. Or he's not the same because... river and he's not the same man. Yeah, it's probably like my favorite yeah. quote. That's when you said the river, yeah. I thought the, the same thing. It's a beautiful quote. And so with that meditation, the meditation is like the river. It's, it's not going to be the same meditation because you're not the same man that's going to listen to it. You're a, you're a different version of yourself. So yeah. your experience of it will be completely different and unique. So, yeah, but if definitely. we go in there with an expectation that it should be, you know, the same as how I experienced it last time, then we're just going to set ourselves up for disappointment. This is what happens, like you know, someone will go to a restaurant with their missus, and that will be like the best night ever. And then they um, start telling all their friends, like, we're going next Saturday night. We're going to this, this Indian place. You know, it is the fucking best. The, the waiting staff, the food, blah, blah, blah. And then they go there and it's just not as good as last time. It's a different night. There's different staff. You know, one of them's in a bad mood. Like, all of these uncontrollables. And then you're like, I swear it was better last time. I'm sorry, guys. And it's just this big fucking thing all because you had you you held on to that experience so dearly. Built and you it up. wouldn't let it go. <laughs> It's not opening week anymore. Yeah, they don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> Bring your stupid friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we're halfway through a 12-week program, Milzy. And yep. what, what do you feel has been the best change for you? What, what's sort of... No. Um, I just, I think, honestly, just being able to catch myself. Yep. Um, and being so aware. Um, Woke. You know, we spoke the other day about you catch yourselves at yourself at the, the strangest of times. Um, you know, um, driving down the road and someone might, you know, cut in front of you, and you just be, oh, you dickhead. But it's it's like, oh shit, I just, you know, damn, I just thought that, you know, jump to the conclusion on this, and mm. you know, just little things you catch. I'm catching myself on now. Yeah, that's so important. The little things are so important because it's like they're yeah. they're all the if it's like a gym analogy, they're all the reps. You know, the easy reps you put in. So then, when the big yeah. things in life come along, you're well trained to be able to handle and reframe those as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think especially you know I've come in for the the major issues, and it was um, you know. These are the tools. These are the tools, but it's also picking up on the the little things as well, which has been yeah, yeah, it's probably all, one of the best when, experiences. When we get, the mind muscle connection. The mind muscle. I think when we get to the end of life, we realise that all things were small. <laughs> there were yeah. no life was made up of small things. Uh, Billsy, very important question. Would you call yourself a woke bloke? 
on my way there. On my way there. <laughs> I'm wokening. I'm, wo- <laughs> I'm wokening up. Yep. Um, I think, but I'm still it, on the it, bus Mills, there. <laughs> Mills, Mills on his Instagram is, is is referring to himself as a mental health advocate. Yeah. And we had a chat yesterday about, um, you know, how I'd like to work more closely with Millsy after he's finished his program and get out there and start educating blokes on the fact that we've all got mental health, there's things we need to do to get it in shape and there's things we need to do to keep it there and helping to, you know, we spoke about not trying to break the stigma around mental health, but just help people to understand that oh, we all have mental health and it's not a big deal it's just something that we need to take care of and be considerate of and um, you know helping them to understand that it's not just depression and bipolar schizophrenia suicide it's actually happiness peace joy content equanimity all these things are, are mental health as well mm. and because it's uh, you know, we're pretty simple creatures, us blokes. So the more simple it is, the more relatable it is, the easier it is for us. So if we can break it down to to that and and help blokes to understand that mentally most of us are out of shape. Mentally, most of us are overweight. So going to see someone, whether it's MindFit or the Center for Healing or whatever the case may be, it's it's you got to get your mental health back in shape mm. and um, people have been neglecting their mental health because they don't know that they have it and so they're not in a position to care for it or tend to it um, or if they do think of their mental health they think of all the negative things so they have an aversion to it it's I don't I don't want depression I don't want anxiety so they're going to still neglect it in that regard so I think Mills is going to be um a real key figure in helping all these other blokes to, you know, get on the path to, to better mental health and well-being. And is that one of your goals, Millsy? Go down that road? Yeah, it's, it's something of um, one of the reasons I started the Instagram page was to really get that awareness out there. Mm-hmm. What's um, the page called? Give it a shout out. Uh, Millsy Sparky. Millsy Sparky? Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah showing that you know yeah i guess as tradies you're kind of often seen as the the tough guys and the you know don't talk about feelings and i just wanted to get on there and be like you know hey yeah i struggle this is you know this is my story this is where i've been this is where i'm going um and that vulnerability is is so powerful as we've spoken about yeah you know and and that's what millsy is gonna uh, what i see is gonna one of Mills's greatest strengths is his willingness to be vulnerable and sharing and it's not doing it for a woe is me or hey everyone look at me it's a hey everyone look at yourselves mm. and this is what I experienced and, and you know none of us are any better than any other bloke out there we're not super humans we're not um, you know it's it's, it's yeah, it's just we're not better. We're just different because we've learned the hard way. Mm. I think. Yeah, I think it's like when we're real with ourselves and if, you know, Millsy putting himself out there being real with himself, it gives other people who identify with that to be real with themselves too, which is the only way yeah, that give, we can, give some we can permission. help. Yeah. I've just done um, about five or six client stories on video that I've put on my website. So just some clients, you know, speaking for four or five minutes about their journey and, 
um, they all wanted to do that because they kept saying, how can I help other people? Now I'm in a good position. Now I'm not in emotional survival mode. What can I do? And I said, look, the best thing you can do is to share your story and be vulnerable. And, and that's going to give other people permission to go, yeah, hey, I'm struggling too. Yeah. And I think picking up on the on the signs or making blokes aware of that's so important because, you know, that, like you said, we've all got mental health, like physical health is just, you know, if I've got a sore leg and I start limping, that's very visible. <laughs> and I and we tend to pick up on that very quickly. Um, but we don't pick up on these very negative thought patterns the same. We just let it, the voice just says, I'm useless, I'm useless in my head. And then we identify with that and we never have objectivity of, of watching that voice and what it's saying. Because <laughs> that's how... And then it, it, but it, even with physical health, so many blokes are reluctant to go to a doctor. Last nah, minute. I'm not sick. Last yeah. minute. Nah, I'm not sick. Nah, <laughs> nah, I'm right. I'm fine. Until we're keeling so over. If, if they're not even willing to do it with their physical health, which they can see, yeah. they're in no position to do it with their mental health. Yeah. 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 That's why it's it's for, we're forced to through, you know, alcoholism, um, failed marriages, having kids taken away, all that kind of jazz. It's yeah. all this, it's all this, you know, real rock bottom stuff when we could have picked up on this stuff so much earlier. I think, and all of that links into the podcast we're going to do soon, maybe next week on suicide mm-hmm. and how that ignorance and that unwillingness to reach out and ask for help and to, to burden other people um, is a huge catalyst or stepping stone on the way to suicide. Shame. One of the biggest things, and it was when I, um, one of the first messages that I ever received, and it was um, something, you know, why are you being so open about, you know, why are you telling everyone about your struggles? Why, why are you doing this? And the initial thought behind it was that if I can tell the whole world, you know, essentially the whole world what my problem is, what's stopping someone from talking to the best mate or, yeah. Um, it was almost trying to break that barrier, um, which since the thought process behind that slightly changed, but, um, you know, even from the first video I posted, people messaging me going, you know, thanks to your video, I've, you know, I've reached out to speak to someone or, you know, this is what I've been struggling with. And it was that, it was incredible, the response to it, you know. People appreciate realness so much. You know, yeah. in, in a world where we're bombarded with fucking shitty advertising and marketing and celebrities and their bullshit lives oh, and all that kind of jazz. Sponsored ads. And we, yeah. What are the Instagram... Influencers. Influencers. Oh. <laughs> oh, we, we, we do. We crave crave realness at the minute. And that's why people appreciate it. And that's why it's even as important. Like those messages are great saying, yeah, thanks to you, I've reached out. But even when someone says like, oh, what, you know, why are you being so open and that kind of jazz... They're beautiful as well because that means you've stirred up something in someone else where they feel uncomfortable that you're being so open, which is a reflection that they would never be that open. So that that, that, yep. that can even be the catalyst for cracking a very hard shell in someone else open. But all, all we're trying to do is to plant seeds. You know, We can't open a closed mind with brute force. We can't keep telling people what they should do and what they must do and what they have to do. Mm. It's It's got to come from within them and... You know, the old expression, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear, sort of thing. So I think what Mills is doing and has what you and I are doing with this podcast and everything, we're just trying to plant seeds and hopefully they find some fertile ground. We can't help everyone, you know. 
Uh, people are going to stay in their ignorance. They're going to stay with their head in the sand. They're, they're, they're going to be too afraid. So they'll, they'll live in fear, whatever the case may be. But there are a lot of people that are teetering on the edge. And if they just hear one bloke's story or one thing reframed in a different way, or, oh, fuck, I have mental health. Oh, it's my responsibility to look after it. Oh, it, it, it plants that seed and, and opens up a pathway for them. Whether they, whether they take that step or not is up to them. And sometimes it takes three, six, 12 months before they'll take that step. So, you, you know, you've got to do a lot of watering of that seed. Um, but yeah, I think for the for those with some underlying emotional intelligence, then they're the ones that really step forward. Yeah, yeah, you've got to want it. Got to want it, man. You've got to want it. <laughs> Come get some. Awesome. All right. Well, before we wrap up, Millsy, what's what's next for you, mate? Obviously, you're still you know, in the program with Mick and all that kind of jazz. But sort of what's what's on the what's on the horizon for you? Um, who knows? Just every day as it comes, I guess. And, um, Beautiful. Yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's like good answer, my students. <laughs> um, yeah, like Nick just mentioned, we're talking about you know. Um, potentially getting into some schools and talking to um, to groups about the MindFit program and potentially helping them out with that. Awesome. Um, Not even the MindFit so, program, more just mental health education, really. So, yeah. So, yeah, just being able to keep spreading spreading the word, I guess. Yeah, love it, mate, love it. If someone is listening to this, we can even... Anyone that's struggling, but maybe even think of a guy, tradie, that kind of thing, but anyone who's maybe in that state where they're quite low and isolating, know they need to reach out for help, but um, haven't yet. Do you have any words of wisdom for them? Um, just reach out. There's plenty of resources out there. Um, you know, for me, it was as simple as reaching out to the trademark boys. Um, don't, don't let it sit with you. Don't let it weigh you down. It's... As soon as you can uh, talk to someone, you just that that weight's released. Yeah, and you're you're a uh, testament, as we've heard for the last hour or so, of reaching out <laughs> and how quickly you can start to shift a lot of these perceptions and how fast things can turn around. A lot of people think that when they're, you know, I work with a lot of addicts, and when they're in the throes of addiction, they think they're so far away. You know, it's it's the opposite side of the planet is their salvation or their happiness. But often it's just a few small little turns of a couple of cogs can make a radical difference in someone's life. So if you feel like you are a long way away from being uh, happy and content, oftentimes you're not. Question from Milsey just before we finish up. So that version of you that reached out for help, do you reckon he knew that six weeks later you could be feeling this way? Like, um, probably not. I think six weeks ago, I would have been looking at, you know, it was unrealistic to believe in six weeks I would be feeling how I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the thing I was looking at is, you know, in 12 months' time, I'll be, you know, here. Yeah, Whereas right. it's, you know, been through having those tools, been such a quick. Um, quick change because like you said it's it can just be little things that need tweaking that make a huge difference um, awesome so just these yeah, little things I mean and you've still got a ways to go um, you know, yeah definitely because we're, we're, we're literally 
changing your mind, changing your neurological pathways. So, and that that does take time. But I just really hope that you're proud first and foremost of the fact that you reached out and asked for help and you got out of your comfort zone. And I hope you're really proud of what you continue to bring week after week. You keep turning up. You keep wanting to improve. You keep letting go. You keep getting better. You you keep challenging yourself. You keep allowing me to challenge you. So, um, you know as with every person I work with my hat always comes off to them but I really it's important for you guys to sort of sit and acknowledge a little bit what what it is you're actually doing for yourself so well done cheers mate that's that's off to you (laughs) (laughs) I feel left out that a fucking mind fit hat Nick can you send me one please no the fucking post in Thailand (laughs) shithouse you'll get it in about a decade I ordered some undies about a month ago I'm still fucking waiting (laughs) Bonds undies. <laughs> and they, wearing nappies. Probably because I don't know how to write the address in properly, but that's minor, minor, <laughs> minor details. Um, and I think as well, Millsy, it's important. Obviously, you had these idea that it was realistic to be at a certain place in 12 months, and now six weeks later, you're finding yourself in a much better place, and that's amazing. Um, and I think also, you know, for people that are struggling, it all just starts with what the next step is. And like there was a yeah. next step for you was I need to reach out to Trademart and, and get some advice. And the next step was, okay, I need to reach out to Nick. Now I need to go in and see Nick. It's just these steps at a time that you were committed to in yourself um, that obviously led to these changes happening. Yeah, especially, I think it was developing the trust as well. Um, you know, I'd been and met the guys in Brisbane from Trademart. So there was a trust with them. And it was the same as soon as I met Nick. You know, we, we met out in the car park before our first session and it was just instantly that trust was built. Um, it just made it so well, much that, easier that to talk. Rapport, you know, and that's what so many people don't have in their past experiences with clinical psychologists or something. It's that rapport. And I've spoken about this so many times. It's the three keys to positive therapeutic intervention are rapport, hope that excitement and then the change which is what you're doing now so you know we've knocked those three things on the head and and the proofs in the pudding definitely what's awesome. the proof in the pudding mean um <laughs> hang on is it <laughs> i've just had a realization it's not uh, it's it's proof in the pudding isn't it because i thought i thought oh, it was proof it? in the pudding and then i'm like hang on what pudding is it's it pudding or pudding the, I thought it was pudding. Pudding. I, it was pudding. I think we're I all. I think we're all idiots. <laughs> I'm looking hey, it up. No, delusional. We're not, no, we're not. Don't take on board what Ryan just said. Then I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Earmuffs. Drink some beans. I'm not an idiot. Um, while Hass is looking that up, what? Uh, oh yeah. So eat the elephant one bite at a time. I think is really important and Millsy what you were saying was it it seemed unattainable it seemed out of reach it seemed such a big mountain to climb you know getting from rock bottom to to back on top but what Hass was saying take those baby steps one step at a time and that's all you got to do one foot in front of the other one foot in front of the other what's a journey of a thousand miles is starts with a single step or something that's right if it feels overwhelming put that out of mind and just just focus on the stepping stones and commit commit to yourself yep. commit to yourself what was it what you find it's, it is pudding yes. <laughs> so so how does proof enter a pudding so no it doesn't so the proof is in the pudding is a very old proverb is that to to know what a food tastes like you first have to try it 
So if you want to know what the pudding tastes like, the proof will be in that um, first spoonful. The eating of it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty straightforward, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. I thought it was like a bragging thing for that's, a second. That's boring compared to what we usually do. The first person to actually say the proof is in the pudding. I'm, ima- I'm imagining like story. a Sherlock Holmes kind of character and he's been through a yeah. big case and he's trying to solve and he's, you know. He's got a pipe. He's got a pipe. He's got his, uh, was it Watson? Yep. Dear Watson. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, a, it's imagine it's a TV show and it's right towards the end of the episode and they've found out that actually the evidence and the proof they need for for catching the Scarlet Pimpernel is actually inside a pudding. There's some sort of uh, note or something in there. And it was so, the chef that killed yeah. the Scarlet Pimpernel in the library. <laughs> what was that, Cluedo? Yeah. I used to love um, that TV show. The po- he poisoned him with with the pudding, and so the proof was in the pudding. Bang. Colonel Mustard. We've solved it. We've done it. <laughs> Proverb busted. Slightly different to what I was thinking. Hey? I was think I was picturing like Doris down at the CWA. <laughs> <laughs> she would make a bloody good pudding, by the way. That's yeah, she's been bragging for months, you know. I've got this bloody good pudding recipe. Blue ribbon pudding. Oh, I, I like yeah. I like where you're going with this, Millsy. Yeah, so she's you know, talking she, it up. Brag, talking it up, you know, I've got the best pudding, the family loves it, and, you know, she's, she's come to the local fair and she's put it out there, mm. and, you know, and she's had to prove herself and everyone's uh, come in and they've taken a little bit, they go, oh, this is the, the best thing ever. Was, but she's you know, been trying proof for was in the pudding. years and she keeps failing. Yeah, and all the ladies from the other districts of the CWA come and they're a bit like, yeah, yeah, it's not the best pudding. The proof will be yeah. in the pudding and they taste it and it is the best. Yeah. They have to succumb. Yeah, I like that one Two better very actually. Good scenarios. <laughs> Two very good <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> Maybe they both happened simultaneously in different parts of the planet, and that's how it started. Oh, they just met up at some stage. Well, on that note, I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry too, actually. I'm Definitely. Starving. All right, let's go yeah. get some food. Millsy, it was an absolute bloody pleasure having you on, mate. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for the work that you're doing on yourself and the work that you are going to continue to do, not just for yourself, but others in the future. Uh, you are a uh, absolute legend of a bloke, as Nick said right at the beginning. I agree with you, Nick. You were correct in that summation. Uh, so, mate, uh, thank you again for coming on. It was a pleasure. Millsy, Nico, thank you so much. Uh, everyone listening, thank you. We'll see you all in the next episode. Cheers. Peace. Peace. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.